We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Amen, everybody. How are y'all doing today? He's doing all right. How are y'all doing? Y'all, y'all do... Has anybody written 2024 yet? Anybody, anybody do it incorrectly yet? Anybody accidentally write a three in there? Welcome to Redemption Church, everyone. Happy New Year. I'm so glad to be with you today. I'm so glad to be sharing the Word of God with everyone, including our people online, online listeners, watchers, however you're finding us. We bless you in this new year and we want good things for you today. Look at somebody and give them a real sincere Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I hope it's the best one. I hope it's the absolute best New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I have a real simple message for you today that I hope speaks to the vision for your year. I definitely need it to speak to the vision of Redemption Church. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning to Mark chapter 5. This is one of my favorite stories. I'm excited anytime I get to read Mark Five. If you got that, you can open up. If you don't have it, we'll have it up on the screen. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. <clears throat> verse 2, when Jesus got out of the boat. Everybody say, out of the boat. Of the boat. A man with an impure spirit <clears throat> came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Somebody say, bad dude. So far, we got impure spirits. He comes from the tombs. He lives in the tombs, and if that's not bad enough, somebody tried to chain up this dude, and it didn't work. Verse 4. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Like to imagine the demoniac. Anybody got a picture of the demoniac in their head? Now imagine him coming to meet you. Who's excited about that? It's a little scary. Guys, I am the biggest wimp in the world. I am that guy. I am that guy that will reach across and lock the door because like an old lady's walking across the street. Like I am that guy. I'm like, she could be up to no good. We just don't know. We have to be safe. Like this demoniac would have scared me witless. The demoniac is a man possessed with a legion of demons. Somebody say legion. legion. Do you know what a legion is? A legion is a Roman military term for an army of the upwards of 2,000. And the demon in this story says, we are legion for we are many. There could be up to 2,000 demons inside this really bad dude. Think about that for a second. What we're dealing with here is definitely a broken person. We got demons, right? You consider that broken? He's an outcast, doesn't have a friend in the world, right? 
he's miserable. He is, he is heard screaming and crying and cutting himself. And he lives in a dark graveyard. I, am, I do have enough sense to know, Meredith, I do not go to graveyards at night. Not going to happen. Verse 2 says that Jesus got out of the boat. And lucky Jesus, the man is now coming to meet him. Jesus gets out of the boat and this demoniac, the one with a legion of demons in him, is coming to meet him. What does this story, what's this story going to look like? Well, verse 6 shows us and it's really surprising. Verse 6 says, when he, the demoniac, saw Jesus from a distance, he ran. Now, running is often a bad thing. Like, they've got YouTube videos out there where they throw pranks on people and all that happens is people just go, ah, and everybody around them goes, oh, goodness. <laughs> like, it, it's a thing. There's even like pranks that like husbands and wives fall on, on each other and it's really funny. Like, like the, the wife will have a secret camera set up and she's like, oh, what is this thing? And the husband's like, what's going on? And everybody's freaking out. Running is pretty scary. If I ran at you, that would be really alarming. I'm not going to do that. Please don't do that at me. This guy is running at Jesus. We are not told what the disciples thought, but you can guarantee you, Peter was ready to kill the guy. We know this about Peter, right? Peter's like, body God moment. I'm going to do this. I'll kill him with a fishing pole somehow. But what does it say? It says he ran. And he fell down at his feet in front of him. Other versions said that he ran worshiping him. Like as he's running, he's also worshiping him. And there's this picture of this demoniac, this messed up individual, the dark, broken person, miserable person, a graveyard dweller, cutting himself, an outcast. He is found at the feet of Jesus Christ. Is this the same guy? Yeah, it is. It's the exact same guy with the same demons. Do you realize that while he's at the feet of Jesus, he still has his demons? Do you know that he's the same outcast? About midway on that run, nobody said, you know what? I think we're going to, Alan, what do we call the demoniac? Joe, Joe. Well, Joe isn't so bad. We'll stand beside him and be his friends. No, that did not happen midway. He is the exact same miserable person. He didn't suddenly find peace. There's actually screaming that takes place in this story. It's really out there. It's like, what's going on? It's the exact same graveyard guy. Exact same guy. Look, say, somebody and say it's the same guy. And I want to tell you, this is what I want you to know today. If you only get one thing from me today, here it is. I want you to know the broken person ran to Jesus, worshipped him, and here it is. And no one stopped him. No one stopped him. Just imagine with me. I've been imagining this week. So use your imagination. Turn it on with me. Imagine he is running. Jesus steps out of the boat. Oh, from over the hillside, we see the demoniac. And he's running. He's got those demons in him. And imagine him running at Jesus. And about midway, somebody says, oh, 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 oh. Hey, hey there, fella. Hey there, champ. There, chief. Slow down. I need to ask you 
This, I'm the theology police, and I need to know if you are believing correctly in order to come to Jesus. Do you believe in transubstantiation? How about pre-tribulational rapture? Don't tell me you're one of those post-tribulational guys. How about, are you a pre-millennialist or, or an all-millennialist? What are you? What can you, before you go on, buddy, I'll let you go. As soon as you can tell me, what is your Christological position on the pre-incarnate word of God? I'm all ears. I, I really need to hear that. Before you can come any further. See, I want you to come to God, but I want you to explain the Godhead for me. Can you do that, chief? Or how about this one? What denomination are you? Jesus. Uh, what, which one? You get the wrong answer to this. You aren't able to come any further unless you're one of the correct answer is us. You know what I'm talking about, that religious mindset of denominationalism. Before you can come any closer, we need to make sure that you believe like us. Or perhaps behave like us. What exactly are you doing, young man? So you want to worship. Well, how do you worship? Are you going to worship the correct way? One hand up, not a 45 degree angle, actually backwards. Or we do the, the carry the TV. You can do that worship. You've got to be singing the right songs. How are you going to worship if you want to come any closer, your behavior has to be like our behavior. Are you worshiping the right way? How about this one? Are you dressed the right way? I got news for you. The demoniac didn't have that many clothes on. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You, in order to come any closer, you need to go put on a suit and tie and your Sunday best if you want to come hang out with this Jesus. Oh, how about this one? Are you talking the right way? You don't actually use bad words, filthy language. Oh, Jesus couldn't handle that. We can't have you getting closer to Jesus than this until you can assure us that you don't say bad language, that you say the right things, that you know all the Christian words like us. And I mean, we curse, but we do that privately. We need to make sure you're not doing that in front of Jesus because if he ever found out that we curse, we don't know what would happen. That was a joke, right? <laughs> or how about this one? I'll just go there. Uh, before you come any closer, I need to know how you vote. I need to make sure that you're really one of us. I want to tell you right there, I, I don't know the demoniac, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer on his behalf. And if you think I'm right, I just want an amen. It lets me know that I'm on the right track. Here it is. I think the demoniac would not have understood any of those questions. I don't think he knew what the pre-tribulation position was. Yeah. I don't think he had a clue of what the Godhead was. I don't think he understood the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't understand any of those things. In fact, I think if we question the demoniac, he would say one thing. By the way, none of y'all said amen. I don't feel like y'all are with me yet. Amen. amen. All right. Good, 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 good. All right. I think the demoniac would have said this sentence. He said, I just want to get to that man over there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have time to talk about these other things. I don't, they don't make any difference to me whatsoever. I just want to go 
talk to the man over there. I'm not trying to be religious. I'm not trying to be like you. I'm not trying to look like you. I'm not trying to sound like you or talk like you. I'm not trying any of that stuff because I've not been good at any of those things. What I'm trying to do is to not hurt anymore. What I'm trying to do is to come back to life. What I'm trying to do is find hope. What I'm trying to do is escape my darkness. That's what I'm trying to do. I just want to get to that man over there. Why? Because I think he can help me. Mark 5, 6. Look at it one more time. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his feet in front of him. I want you to notice nobody stops Jesus. Nobody stops the man from coming to Jesus, especially Jesus. Jesus treats the man like he belongs. You read that story. It's beautiful. It goes on from there. Jesus casts out the demons into a bunch of pigs. It's really interesting. The, the countryside who was afraid of this man, they are not rejoicing that the man set free. They're, they're angry that the pigs run off the cliff. Really interesting stuff there. But my favorite part of the story is at the end, He's speaking to Jesus and he says, hey, let me, let me go with you. I want to be one of your disciples. And he says, oh, you are. But I want you to stay here and tell the people here about what's been going on in your life. And so he does and he stays there and he tells everybody about the amazing things that Jesus had did, done for them. And everybody who heard was amazed. That's the story right there. That's how it ends right there. But I want to focus back on this. Religion does not treat us like we belong. Jesus treats us like we belong, but religion somehow sets up shop and says, nope, you're not one of us. I would like to tell you that religion, a form of philosophy, it ends up creating a barrier. And Jesus had no such barriers. The religious Pharisees, they had barriers. In fact, they would attack Jesus. They'd say, Jesus, why are you hanging out with the people at that drink? And why do you hang out with the publicans, the, the sinners? Why, why do you hang out with tax collectors? Why do you hang out with these people? These are people you should be hanging out with. Jesus, you're fishermen. Don't wash their hands. You really shouldn't. This is that's an actual thing that you can quote me on. The, the disciples said, Jesus, no, not the disciples, the Pharisees, the religious said, you shouldn't be hanging out with these people. They don't even wash their hands properly. What is that? It's a barrier. Religion forms barriers and Jesus has no barrier. We ought to shout that until Jesus returns. Religion has barriers, but Jesus doesn't. He says, whosoever will come unto me. All you who are labor and are heavy burden, and I will give you rest. I would tell you that religion tries to hold you back. Religion is that thing that shows up in the middle of your run towards Jesus and tries to stop you from coming any further. But Jesus doesn't need any of that. Jesus accepts you as you are. Jesus accepted that demoniac on the first step of his run. Do you get that? It wasn't till he finally got there and got in the right position. No, Jesus actually had made that trip, had stepped off the boat just for that demoniac. The demoniac's coming over the over the ridge because Jesus is there for him already. No barriers, none, not a single rule. 
Jesus doesn't give him all the rules of religion right there. He receives him and sets him free to go minister in his name. That's what Jesus does right there in that story. I want to talk to you really quick about how religion treats people who approach Jesus. Really simple. I got it right on the screen here. Believe, behave, belong. Everybody say believe, behave, and belong. This is how religion treats uh, people who approach Jesus. All over this uh, city, all over the metroplex in our nation, we, we've had church services all over, and I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for those, uh, those gatherings, and uh, they, they preach a sermon. They get to the end of that sermon. It's all about one thing. They, they want to see if they can get one more person to believe. Belief's powerful. We can talk about faith, and we can talk about all those things. But it doesn't just stop with believing that Jesus is king and Jesus is Lord. No, it turns into a whole mess of, well, do you believe exactly like us? And if you believe slightly different from us, you're not, you don't really belong here. You need, to, you, you need to rethink some things before you can really be a part of us. You have to believe just like us. Do you realize how hard it is to change your beliefs, y'all? It's really hard to change your beliefs. I've had trouble changing my beliefs a time or two when it comes to Jesus Christ. Real quick, here's my example of that. Normally, outside the sky is what color? It's blue, right? If I told you, if I told you something you have never experienced before, would you have trouble believing it? Like maybe the sky is actually orange. You would say, I don't know, Pastor Chris. I've never experienced that. Well, let me tell you, there are things in Jesus people have never experienced before. And we're like, we're like, you just have to believe it. Believe it. Right? And it's like, I don't know about that yet. I've never experienced the Holy Spirit yet. I don't know. I have never come. I, I'm still having trouble with the whole creation thing. I'm having all these issues. I'm having trouble believing. And you know what? The ch churches have no patience for those people. They don't. Well, let us know when you start believing it. Here's the Bible. Read it and believe it. It's like, yeah, that's really hard. But, but even worse than believe is the behave. Let's talk about the behave. Because it's not enough to believe like us. If you believe like us, we're going to give a little hand clap for that. Everybody's like, oh my goodness, a new soul has believed. That is so good. I thought Charles would never get there, and there he is. Finally, that's so good. All right, and then everybody leaves Charles there, and nobody hangs out with him. Then there's the behave thing. This is where you have to dress like us. You have to look like us. Uh, you have to carry a Bible around with us. I remember growing up in the 90s, everybody carried their Bible around, and it wasn't enough to carry your Bible. You carried your Bible in a big leather bag thing, right? And it's zipped up and then you've unfolded it. It's like, I am extra holy. You just have no idea who you're talking about. I got the King James Version, pow, right inside of there, right? Anybody have one of those? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, y'all did. And then there's this behavior and you, you, you got to listen to the right music and you got to do, do the right things and all there's this behavior. And let me tell you, if believing is hard, whoo, Behavior is really hard. Part of behavior is like worship, and you're like, I don't know. I feel kind of silly doing this. Can I tell you real quick? If you feel silly doing worship, just 
don't, you're doing it maybe for the wrong reasons. Don't, 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 do that. don't do that for us. You don't have to clap your hands because we say clap your hands. We're, we're giving like suggestions. We'll raise your hands. But if you don't feel like, we're not trying to threaten you with that stuff. But listen, there's some churches where like, I noticed. I couldn't help but notice. Madeline, she only lifted one hand like this. It just wasn't, it wasn't the full thing. Like her behavior is a little off. And we have these behaviors. It's just a weird thing. But here's the deal. If you believe, and if you do all this behavior, we're, we'll even go into like tithing. We can go there and getting baptized the right way and worshiping the right way and all these things. If you do all that one day, you probably still won't belong. I mean it. Because I've been in a lot of churches where people believe and people behave, but they have never made a friend in that church. And they've been working in that church 30 years, and they don't even know another person. And they go home lonely every day, going, man, I don't know why I'm so lonely. I'm believing, I'm behaving, but I don't understand this. Churches are terrible at this. Churches are all about do this, do this, and they forget about this. But I want to flip it on its head. Jesus Christ flips it on its head. Because I'm telling you, this is how religion treats people, but how Jesus treats people and how we at Redemption Church choose to treat people is like this. Let's go to the next one. Got that for me? There it is. Step one is you belong. Step one is welcome. We're so glad you're here. You belong here. The demoniac immediately belonged with Jesus. He belonged at his feet. I want to tell you that you don't have to do one thing to belong here. Hi, nice to meet you. My name's Chris. I want to be your friend. I want to know you. You belong with me. We belong together. Let's run towards this Jesus fella together. What do you say? Oh, we got to belong. And we need, we need a church. We need a church in Plano that is so friendly and not just like the, the fake kind of friendly. You know, the hello, the fake smile friendly. No, I'm, I mean like you're really greeting them, but more than that, you, you've been praying that that person would come. Yeah. I want to tell our, our guests Today, our guests in the past weeks, our guests that are coming the next weeks, that we've been praying that they would be here. Church, we should be praying that people would belong at the feet of Jesus. That some, for some reason, they know Jesus is there and they are running to him like the demoniac. And none of us are going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're like, no, I saved you a seat. You belong here. Let's receive him together. Let's worship together. Let's ask our questions together. You got questions? That's great. I got questions. Can we go there for a second? It's all right to have questions about this faith thing. It's all right to have doubts about this stuff. It's all right to, to even say it out loud. You know, I have trouble believing this in the Bible. What do you think about it? And we talk about it. Oh, yeah. We need that. We need that. The next, step one is you belong. You don't have to do anything to belong here. You already do. You fit in. And you know what happens after belong? We know this, that these two things, behavior 
and believing kind of walk hand in hand. And when people find out that they belong with Jesus, they start believing in him and they start changing how they behave. And I, I got to tell you that it sometimes behavior comes before the believing. And sometimes the believing comes before the behavior. Let me just tell you. All right, so I'm in church and I don't know about this whole Jesus Christ thing. I have a friend, his name was John. His name was John. I remember I met him and I'm like, oh man, I thought I met John. I'm like, I think we're going to be friends forever. And he says, hey, I'm John. I'm an atheist. He's like, that's like, 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 how we met. And I just hung out with John. He belonged with me. He belonged around uh, my friends who went to church and he ended up at church today to with me. And he didn't believe at all. I don't believe any of this, but I feel like I belong here and it's so great. And he tells me one day, he's in the car. I could take you to Waco, Texas. I could take you to the road where we were out in front of a house about to go in and eat a bunch of pizza and just belong together and hang out. He looked at me and he said, Chris, before we go in, I got to tell you something. It says, weird, it's so weird. But when, when everybody's worshiping at church... I, I try some of it. And I, when I do that, I feel like God could be real. What was that? That was, I tried some of it. I, I behaved a little bit. I, I put some action. I gave it a try. And you know what? It worked. And I felt some of that. I want to tell you, if you don't believe, that is all right. You still belong here. And I would also tell you to try some of this. Try some of hanging out with other people. Try some, try some of asking questions and, and praying together. Try some, uh, try some asking people to help you with things and then you help other people with things. And I'm telling you, if you will try it, it behavior and belief like go hand in hand together. Maybe you believe first, maybe you behave first, but I guarantee you, when you belong and you find yourself at the feet of Jesus, it's going to change the way you live. It's going to change the way you think. Really quickly, behavior is one of those really word, weird words. When I think of behavior, I'm like, uh-oh, is this, like, is this uh, kindergarten and am I in trouble, All right? Behavior. I want to tell you behavior, behavior shouldn't be a bad word because we want people, Jesus wants people to behave like disciples. And also to behave like disciples who make other disciples. And can I tell you, he wants you to do more than believe this message. We have a lot of people that believe in Jesus, but then don't share him with anyone then don't live out that life that Jesus lived. You know, Jesus served others. That's part of the behavior he would have you have. Jesus would have you love others as he has loved you. Those are his words. And so behavior is important. We do want to see you baptized. We do want to see you repent. We do want to see you have an, uh, an experience with Jesus. And we do want to see you be a disciple. You know what a disciple is? It's someone who is found at the feet of Jesus. Like the demoniac. <laughs> he was at the place where he belonged as a disciple. Even though he still had demons, even though he was still broken, even though he was still all messed up, even though he had not changed his behavior because he belonged. At Redemption Church, we are going to be a place of belonging and we're going to let believing and behavior take care of itself. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's, That's what we're going to do.
That's what we're going to do. Pastor, I'm not sure I believe like you. I, my, my word for that is, well, come back next week. I might not believe like me either. I'm a work in progress. That's all right if you don't believe in me. Is that okay if we don't believe like each other? Oh, my goodness. I can't stand it. I can't stand it when Christians attack each other over stuff like that. Everybody say belong. belong. Behave and believe together. Wouldn't it be great? What I want to see, the behavior, here's the kind of, let's just go on it. I want you to know the kind of behavior we want to see. We want to see bound people set free. Yes. That, that's it. We want to see sick people healed. Yes. Uh-huh. We want to see people that are afraid and they're lonely. We want to see them be brave and be successful and have more friends than they ever had before. That's the kind of behavior we're talking about here. We're not talking about pastors calling you on Monday and saying, Deborah, I don't think you worship like you should have. I don't know. Ever since you started sitting by Kay, I'm just not sure about how things are going over there. That's not it at all. Ever say belong. belong. The demoniac belonged. The messed up person belonged. Why do you think I'm here? Because messed up people belong with Jesus. And he just takes them right in. <coughs> Very quickly, I want to talk to you about our vision. Let's throw our vision up here. Really quickly, our vision is really built around not about doctrinal statements. That's about believing. And it's not about all the things you have to do. That's behavior. Our vision is about belonging. I want you to notice it. Number one, we exist to love God. All of our services are built for the demoniac to run and worship Jesus. Yeah, it is. In fact, I love it when we don't look churchy and when we don't feel churchy. Yeah, I mean it. I I want the person that, that is all tatted up to come in here and find you. He belongs in here just as much as you do. The gauges, the gauges in there, they belong here. Met a guy, he came to church, he came to church not too long ago, and he, my, my son, my son, he had big gauges in his ear, you know, or, or where gauges used to be, and he had big holes in his ear, on his earlobes. And my, my son went and said, what happened to your ears? Like, that's what he said, okay. And, and he said, oh, that was a mistake I made in the past. And my heart went, oh, don't feel like you have to say that. Don't just say you did something you're that's not that's a, that nobody judges you for any of that stuff. Those those are your ears and they belong in the house of God. Yes. Bring them bring them bring bring all your stuff. Bring whoever you are to the house of God. You belong here. So we have love God right here and all of our services are about loving him. Yes. When we preach a sermon, we we know we have succeeded if you love God a little more at the end of it. And you realize that this God loves you a little more at the end of it. That's our goal. We, our worship is all about loving God. I want to tell you this. The reason we worship the way we worship is not because we have a denominational code of ethic. 
It's not that we have a rule book that we do it. No, we're loving God. We're in love with him. We love to sing about Jesus. We love to talk about how good he is. We sing that, Lord, you're so good and your mercy endureth forever. We worship you. Hallelujah. Man, that's my life. God has been good to me. And I want this to be a place where people can just express that love for God. We have something called First Tuesday, the first Tuesday of the month. I'm telling you, you listen. If you, if you will listen to your pastor, listen to me when I say this. Get to First Tuesday and bring somebody with you that needs to love God and needs to express their love for God because that's all that happens at First Tuesday. It's so powerful. We had a wonderful First Tuesday this last Tuesday. There was a young man I met here and he said, he said these words. He said, Pastor... I just got out of an of, of, of addiction center, and this is my first night, and I'm from Houston. And I don't have anybody around me, but I, I just went to this meeting over here, and I just felt like I should come over here. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's it. My gosh, do you realize we should be a church that people go, I should go over there. That's the kind of church we should be. And he came over here and we were just talking. He said, Pastor, he was like, Pastor, you have so good words. Your words are so good. Your words were so good. I thought that was really funny how he said that. I said, no, it's not about that. It's about that God loves you. And when I was talking about God's love, that was what was good to your heart. And it was good all over your heart. And you need to know that God loves you. Even you have got this baggage in the past. You belong with a God who loves you. Everybody say, love God. God. That's a non-negotiable. We don't care about song styles so much. There's these things that churches do. They're like, well, we haven't sung any of those hymns. I don't care about the hymns, and I don't care about any song. I care about the people that will sing the songs. Y'all say that again. I care. I want, I want the music to hit somebody and be something they can enjoy and the words hit them and they go, whoa, that's really true. And they find themselves singing it later that week. Yes. All right. And I'm, we'll just go there. there. That's where we have to kind of change our culture. 200 years ago, they had pipe organs in every church. Pipe organs are really cool. But I got to ask you, has anybody bought an album of pipe organ music lately? I'm waiting. Did anybody buy an album or go on iTunes or Spotify and go pipe organ music? That would be 0.0001%. So I, if, you're one of, if you're one of those people that loves pipe organ music, that's awesome. But we're not about it. Because we want to reach the people with what is their culture and what they like. And we want to provide it here, but point them to Jesus in it. Do you understand that? Yeah. Same thing with choirs. We like choir. I like choirs. My gosh. I grew up listening to Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. You just don't even know. But let me tell you, I want this to feel more like rock and roll in here because that's what they're listening to on their radio. It has nothing to do with the... The format, it has to do with what soul we're going to, what soul we're going to reach. And you got to know how to use the right bait. Yes. Fishers of men. All right. That was free. That was not in my notes. I'm very sorry about it. Grow faith. We are about growing faith. And you know what? Here's how you grow faith. 
You do not, everyone, sit down and just listen to a guy talk. Here's how we choose to grow faith in groups and in relationship. Growing faith is about other people and Jesus coming together, sharing their stories. I'm telling you, your story can grow someone's faith. And we want to set free everybody to share their story. And we do things, we do things called connect groups in order to do that. And connect groups are built around this idea. Sure, we talk about the Bible. We talk about the things of God. But more importantly, we ask questions and allow people to share their thoughts about Jesus. Do you know what a term is for thoughts on God? Thought, sharing your thoughts on God? There's a big word for it. It's theology. That's the kind of theology I'm into. The theology I'm not into is the big book th- version, like where you throw around big words, right? And you're like, I don't know what that is. I have felt, I've read theology books and felt further from Jesus. But I've sat down with Jeremy and heard stories about how Jesus rescued him and how Jesus helped him around other people and how Jesus helped him figure out life. And I felt closer to Jesus after that. And we didn't have to use big words. So that's what we're going to do as a church. That's how we grow faith. It's our connect groups. We got connect groups coming up and we want you in it because it's how we grow faith. Your faith is going to be grown, but also God is going to use you to grow the faith in other people. You are to be a disciple. That's your faith growing, but you are not a good disciple until you make another disciple. Disciples are called to make other disciples. And I would tell you that the Christian church all over the world has a lot of people that call themselves disciples, but they have never made another disciple. And I want to tell you, it's easier than you think. It is just hanging out with people and waiting for the moment to come up where they're asking about the hope that you have in your life. And you tell them, well, here's what what I went through when I was going through my trouble. And that's a testimony. And that is sharing your faith. And that's how people come to know the Lord. That is how we're going to grow faith. Love God. Grow faith. And then we're going to serve others. That, and to do that, we're going to create opportunities for you to serve like no one else can serve. Do you know that you have giftings and you have a calling in your life that's unlike anybody else's? That I can tell you there's, there's scriptures out there that says that God has created things for you to do in advance in eternal ways, in in eternity, way back in eternity, he was like, here's how I want to use Kathy. And he put that gifting in Kathy. And he put that gifting in Teresa. And he put that gifting in Madeline. I love seeing our young people working back there in the tech booth. I love seeing them running around, putting out wires. Why? Because they're serving and they're using their gifts. And we want to create opportunities for you to use your gifts here at the church. And so what we have is we have something called next steps. We got one coming up at the end of this month. Next steps is simply you learn about this church, but also you learn about your gifting and how God has called you to use your gifts, your talents, and even your personality. Who's the chatty person in here? Wave your hand at me. If you're a chatty person, wave your hand. Anybody else? Anybody? Let me tell you. No, wait, hands down. Wave your hand at me if you're not a chatty person. Right? See, we're different. We have personalities. Now listen, the people that aren't chatty, we probably shouldn't have them greeting every person. 
right? The person that's like, I don't like to talk in front of people. I'm like, hello. Like those people are in here and we love those people and they usually run from me. (laughs) But the people that are chatty, that's a gifting in you. And we want to find a way for you to use just even that personality trait of yours to help somebody. There's somebody coming in and they need to meet somebody who is not looking weirded out to say hello, right? Hello, I'm trying to greet you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Probably shouldn't be our greeter, right? But the person that's chatty, that's a personality. Our, Our next steps, one of our entire next steps is to talk about your gifting and how we can use you better around this church and outside of this church in the community and in the world. And that's where we have something called a dream team. And that's our dream. That's our dream team of people that have gone through next steps. And they, they've said, yeah, I, I found my place. This is where I serve. And I'm excited. Any dream team members in here? Glad about it. Serve others. This is our vision. We love God. We grow faith. We serve others. Somebody say the last one. It's go change the world. There's always a call to do more. And sometimes that call will even take you out of this building. And we want to help you get there. We want to provide for you to get there. Some of this go change the world is you stepping up into leading other people. Sometimes you're just serving others. You're like just working. But sometimes God will put a leadership in you to lead others who are serving, and now you're leading in the church. That's a go change the world thing. Maybe, maybe you're called to go do a mission. We've got your back. We love missions. Maybe you're called to plant a church. We love planting churches because that changes the world. We are called to go change the world. We refuse to just sit here and not change the world. We're going to go change the world. Somebody say love God. Love God. Somebody say grow faith. grow faith. Somebody say serve others. Somebody say, go change the world. Clap your hands in this place if you're excited about that. Are you? I'm going to ask our music team to come. I'm going to be drawing this to a close. But I want to bring you back to that idea about the demoniac. Let's remember that story about the demoniac. Jesus steps off the boat. The demoniac runs and worships. The demoniac belonged before he believed. The demoniac belonged before he behaved. And it's in belonging with Jesus that the other parts of his life changed. And no one had to make those things change. They changed for the better and he was happy about it. And willing to tell others about it. That's the story. That's the story that Jesus wants in Plano, Texas. That's the story he wants in your children. Well, let's go there for a second. Maybe you have hit your kids a little weird about Christianity. Maybe you've hit them too hard with the believe stick. Or the behave stick. Maybe you need to back off that. Maybe you just need to belong to them. Maybe next Thanksgiving, you don't try to fit in a four-week sermon series around the giblet gravy. Maybe you calm down there. Maybe you just belong there. And I, I believe that the Jesus in me, when I just let Jesus be in me and love 
and just be present with people. I believe that it's Jesus that's actually doing the work. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Maybe that's what you do. Maybe that person at your job, you don't need to, you know, quote five Bible verses at them. Especially, you should never quote Bible at people. Especially people who don't believe the Bible. What's that about? Like, don't you remember? I don't believe that. Instead, you know what you should do? You should have that Jesus living in you. And there's peace in there. There's hope in there. There's love in there. And you, they belong with you because Jesus is in you. And they feel that. And they're like, oh my gosh, are you sure you're a Christian? Because you don't act like the other Christians I met. I love hearing things like that. That's a victory when you hear stuff like that. Amen. Let's remember how difficult it was to walk into church for you. Some of us, we've been in church for 40 years, 20 years, 10 years, even a year, right? Can you remember how difficult it was to walk into church? Or maybe this one, back into church. Maybe you were in church growing up, but you got hurt along the way. You got church hurt. And then do you remember how hard it was to walk back into the church? We need to remember that. Because the people walking in our door had to fight five different battles before they walked in. They had to walk past the the past battle with the pastor who was dishonest. They had to walk past the television televangelist that's unfaithful and all that came out on the TV. And they had to walk past their mother who was really mean to them and their father who was abusive but was a deacon in the church. And they had to walk past all that. They had to walk past when they were in a youth group and something inappropriate happened and no one had their back. They had to walk past all of that. They had to walk past social anxieties for crying out loud. They had to walk into the fear of not knowing what's going to happen. They had to walk past the guilt of, well, Grandma said I had to go to this kind of church. I don't even know what kind of church that is anymore. Is this the church? Am I going to go to hell? And is grandma going to be mad at me? That's all the stuff that people are having to defeat before they walk into the church. Oh, can we have a little chill when it comes to people? Look at somebody say, have a little chill. Have a little chill. Chill out. Love people. It is so cool that people decided to come to church after all the bad stuff that has been associated with church after all this time. I'm, I'm not passionate about that. I mean that. When you walk in, so let me tell you, when those people, when everybody walks in, we have to realize that they have a story and that they really had to overcome in order to walk in this door. And the last thing they need to see is an unfriendly person or someone turn away from them. They need to see a person that they can belong with. Let's be that church. Let's be those people. Like the demoniac, you can run to Jesus. Nothing is stopping you from coming to Jesus. Right now, our worship team's about to worship. They're, and you can worship. You can stand where you are. You can take communion. You could come forward and have prayer. We will pray with you. But I want you to know, nobody is going to stop you from running to Jesus. Why don't you join me? Because I'm going to take a few moments and I'm going to run to him myself. And I'm going to 
get closer to him. I'm not going to set up a religious shop halfway in my run to Jesus. I'm going to go all the way to his feet tonight. So come worship, come pray, come be prayed for, come take your next step. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now for everybody watching, listening online. Friend, you can run away all the way to Jesus. Nobody's going to stop you. Right where you are, friend, you can call on him. You can ask him to come into your life. You can confess your sin to him. You can do any of those things. You can just say, God, if you're real, I want to feel your presence. And I believe you will feel his presence because you belong with him forever. Father, in Jesus' name, minister to us. Help us to be your church, Jesus. In Jesus' name, come on, Redemption Church. Would somebody run after the Lord in this altar today? Father, in Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you, Lord. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. 